Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Fluck Podcast. I'm your host Jeff Fluck and we are back after a little unexpected layoff on the podcast. Apologies for that, had to take care of some personal business which was my daughter being born and then my wife Sarah spending a little extra time in the hospital that uh, nobody really uh, could figure out for a little bit and then she got better and now we're back home. So, uh, yeah, a week ago today, I uh, put the Timmy Hill 12 questions out and we ran to an appointment. Next thing you know, getting admitted to the hospital and uh, we hadn't been back home since last night. So uh, I was able to do the 12 questions today, though, because it's a really good one. I think it's actually one of the best of the year. Um, and it's the second time ever that I've tried a joint teammate uh, double podcast here. So we have Michael McDowell and David Reagan from Front Row Motorsports. Um, previously, back in the day, I tried this with Landon Castle and Travis Voppel, and it was fun because they were able to play off each other and listen to each other's answers and kind of chime in and things like that. So I was hoping that Michael and David, who are obviously two great guys, great personalities, um, if they could play along with that as well. And hopefully you will enjoy the outcome. Uh, I will touch back with you after the podcast with uh, some more updates and everything that's been going on and what what the plan is podcast-wise. But um, for now, let's hear the 12 questions with Michael McDowell and David Reagan. All right, I'm here with David Reagan and Michael McDowell, a double 12 questions interview, so we'll jump right into it. Start with David. How often do you have dreams about racing? I think I have dreams every night in general, but I don't really remember them. Uh, sometimes about racing, sometimes about other things. But um, when I do dream about racing, it's never really about the competition and, and trying to race and trying to win. It's always like trying to get to the racetrack or the cars are on the pace laps and I can't find my helmet or I'm stuck in the lounge and I can't get out or, or something weird like mm -hmm. that. Like I'm always struggling to I'm late or I can't get my window net up. So I, I don't have dreams about on track stuff. It's always uh, like, like things I, I guess I'm worried about or I don't want to be late. Michael, what about you? Same That's thing? Very funny that he said that. Um, I have dreams about seeing the cars start the race too and you're not in it and you see your car and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Um, yeah, that's crazy. So, but I would say maybe once or twice a month um, it would be racing related. Uh, but like David said, it's hard to remember. Um, but I do remember last night's dream and it was, it was turkey hunting. It was not racing. Yeah, but I won't remember it a week from now. But yeah, you but, should write them down and see if you yeah, see a correlation yeah. with certain things that are going on in your life. Yeah. All right. The second question is: If you get into someone during a race, whether it's intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize? I really didn't mean for this to be awkward right after you guys got into each other last week, but it's perfect timing. Uh, yeah, we could just settle this now. I don't know if you picked up the audio, but uh, my crew chief Derek Finley was walking through uh, David's holler, and he just he just snickered as <laughs> you asked that question. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go first, being I wrecked Michael last week and myself. Uh, I, I do think it's important, whether you, you wreck someone intentionally or, or it, it was an accident, I think you should bring it up. If you wreck someone intentionally, you need to let them know that you don't you don't like what they did and, and why you wrecked them. And if you do it unintentionally, I, I think it's important to say, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I hated I did that, and to just to kind of clear the air. I think communication is, is important. We race with each other 38 times a year, and the last thing we need are, are, are grudges on the race 
racetrack that bring both both teams down. So, um, you know, certainly teammates, that's important. But even other people in the garage, I, I think it's it's important. So I, I try to make it a point uh, to, to reach out to someone if, uh, if I wreck them. Yeah, I think it's super important um, being on both sides of it. The intentional part is hard, right? Because if you truly did it intentionally, there was things that built up to it. It doesn't just happen like that, you know? So, um, but a lot of times those are the ones that are left undone, like a Ross Chastain and a Harvick, right? I mean, Ross hooked them. There's no question about it. Nobody can say anything otherwise. Harvick knows he hooked them. So then not having that conversation, that will be an issue down the road in their careers for both of them. So just just being able to um, you know bring it up, I, I had it happen with Ambrose. I, I intentionally crashed Ambrose at Martinsville, and um, he waited for me after the race, and he came up to me, and I'll never forget it because it was the most awkward conversation ever, and he's like, well, what happened? And I said, well, you chopped me two or three times, and then I crashed you. And his fa- his jaw just his jaw dropped because he's like, "You're saying that you did that on purpose?" I said, "Well, I don't want to lie to you. I mean, you you chopped me off two or three times, so I crashed you." And he, I think he said something like, "You know, I, I should kill you" or something like that. It was it was something uh, very angry and violent, which I get because I get ramped up. Um, but I remember the next week, he's like, "You know, most people would have lied to me. Most yeah. people would have just said, hey, man, I got in too deep and I locked up my tires and I ran into you.'" He's like. I didn't know how to respond when you said that you actually did it on purpose, but um, but just talking through it, because what he said made a lot of sense, and this is a long answer to it, but it's important, is he said, well, I figured you weren't going to run the whole race, because at the time I was starting parking, and Martinsville was always one of those places that we ran, because you could, and we could be competitive, and he said, so, you know, I chopped you, because I figured in 10 laps, you're going to come in, and if anybody can cut me a break, you can cut me a break. Well, then all of a sudden it made sense to me too, right? And I'm like, well, maybe I overreacted a little bit because <laughs> that's fairly logical. So that's what I'm saying is sometimes you, even though intentionally it happened, walking through it is uh, an important step. Cool. Great answer for both of you. Um, what is the biggest compliment someone could give you? David, let's start with you. I think the biggest compliment uh, in racing or in life so you could take this either way yeah Yeah. i think just saying that that i'm a good dad and and a good husband i think is probably the most i mean the the racing thing is 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 my career right now but it's not going to be my career one day so i mean it it would uh be be flattering if someone told me i was a great race car driver really fast but that that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things so I, i think the biggest compliment that anybody could give me would be that i'm a i'm a good son or a good uh, a good husband or, or a good dad. I think those would be the most important things. Michael, what about you? Yeah, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> you know, to me, like compliments, you know, is it is what it is. You know, it's just racing in particular. It's like you're only as good as your last race, and so when you get done with your career, nobody's going to really care. Um, yeah, so the areas that matter, your family and and for me, my faith and family, those are the areas that I want to do well in. And and honestly, whether somebody thinks you're doing well and those are not really doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, now, this is I'm asking this to two of the probably most anti-celeb people or people who are most apathetic to celebrities. But let's say NASCAR comes to you and, and says, hey, we're bringing a big celebrity to the racetrack. We're wondering if you'd have time to say hi, host them on a race day. Who is a celebrity you'd be really excited to host? Michael, you want to start? 
Um, yeah, so I actually got to do it. Uh, one of the authors and um, pastors and and just guys that's been really influential for me that I hadn't met was uh, Francis Chan, and he was a guest of ours at, at California, which was really cool. And I think things like that, because racing, I love racing, and there's lots of people that I would like to host that, you know, you know, ex-Formula One drivers and, and guys like that. Um, but you can only talk about so much for so long, you know? So, um, yeah, it's cool to get somebody outside of our circle that's doing other things other than going around in circles. David, anyone you'd want to bring? Uh, I'm at the racetrack to race, uh-huh. and... I would love to meet some different people outside of the racetrack if we're just going to sit around a campfire and maybe tell a couple of stories. But a lot of time I feel like celebrities are just kind of fake in their whatever field they're in. And, and I don't care to hang out with anybody like that. So uh, I, I would I would say no, I don't have any, any interest in entertaining anyone at the racetrack as long as I'm working. Yeah, that yeah, makes I sense. I don't really care. I'm not big on celebrities. I I did know. And that I don't even yet. want to be. I, I, I that's why I don't like being a celebrity because I don't even like that. So yeah, I just want I want real people. I want the poorest person in the grandstands yeah. that had to borrow money to buy their ticket. Yeah. That's who I want to go hang out with. And what's I think the reason why some of us are like that is because we know what it's like to be in that role of celebrity when you go to a dinner and you're the person and all that, and you feel this pressure to entertain. Like, you feel like you got to turn it on. Um, like, you know, you got to tell good stories and you got to have good jokes. And, and like David was saying, like, when David and I hang around, you don't have any of that pressure. You can just be normal and have normal conversations. And it's hard when you go to a setting where people think you're the celebrity, you know. And so you don't get the authentic person, even myself, you know, just because you do feel that pressure of, okay they invited me as the as guest a race car driver and you're the race car driver so you got to tell race car stories and you got to be funny and you got to be charismatic and you got to be all these things and it's like ah it's not worth the pressure yeah yeah that's that's fascinating so in an effort to show this is a health conscious sport nascar decides to offer the number one pit stall for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month would either of you do that let me go first here so um i I haven't really studied the vegan diet. I, I have a good idea of what it is, but I'm on the keto diet. And I don't know if there could be a greater separation between vegan and keto. I mean, it's like I eat only fat and meat. And so, um, no, you can give me a number one stall. I am, I'm sticking keto. I would go vegan for, uh, yeah, I would go vegan for a month. And I do eat a little bit of, you know, steak and chicken and fish. But but I could. It would be kind of a, a pain in the butt to, to do that. If I had, a, a uh, like, a, a chef that would help, I would be okay for it. I wouldn't want to do all the work. That, that would be a lot of effort. But as far as eating, oh, I, I love vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. I, I, I could do it, but uh, and I would. So, yeah, I, I would do that. Real quick, does the Martinsville? Diet... I want it for Martinsville. That's what I oh, want. Oh yeah, for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a good spit saw. Um, real quick, does the keto diet actually give you more energy as is build? I mean, this would be a whole nother twelve questions. It's the best thing I've done in my life for my health. Um, you know, I've lost thirty five pounds since doing it, and I'm stronger and better in the race car than I've ever been. Um, and I'm sure there's. You know, there's lots of science behind both ends of it. But for me in particular, I did it because I didn't feel great after Sonoma. And um, I was constantly just kind of fighting, having headaches and feeling depleted. Tried something different, and it's been amazing for me. It's it's really been um, something that's changed my 
he just in general my my overall performance in the race car wow that's pretty interesting okay now it's time for the random race challenge so i picked a random race from both of your careers you have to tell me where you finished in the spirit of this double joint interview i went back and found a race where you guys finished back to back so hopefully this won't be too hard this was the kansas race last fall you guys remember this race at all or have any idea where you finished i know exactly where i finished Oh, I, I don't know exactly where I finished, but I know real close. 16th I think I, and 17th. Yeah, I was 17th, I, you were 16th. I was going to say 18th for me. It was actually 17th, 18th. Okay, who was, was 18th? 18th you were 17th. Okay. Oh, there we go. I, I remember I was 17th, but I thought uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you finished That's in funny. front of me. Yeah, yeah you know, I don't forget top 20s the last two years because you only have a handful <laughs> of them, so you remember those places where you got those top 20s for sure. All right, I know that I will get a great answer here because – Obviously, you guys are huge rap fans. Who is the best rapper alive? Well, I am a lyrical gangster. Not a lot of people know that, um, <laughs> even though that's changed over the years. Eminem, by far, is the best rapper to walk this Yeah, planet. they made a movie after him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, I mean, I know rappers, uh, I, but I don't know who the best one is. I guess whoever still got a job and got the new, <laughs> got the new CD that's out. I, I have no idea who the best one I is. I think that's unchallenged, though. There's not a lot of people that can challenge that. A lot of people do say Eminem. All right, guys, who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? Whoever wants to answer it first, you're up. Joey Logano. Yeah, because he's just goofy and he's just <laughs> he's just silly. It's just his face, not that you actually want to punch him. No, I love Joey Logano. Oh, okay. He's one of the probably the nicest, realest guys actually in the garage, but he definitely has a punchable face. <laughs> I think whoever's winning, like you know, back in the mid two thousands, it would be Jimmy Johnson, you know, being so perfect and just winning all the time. <laughs> but then funny. you know, it's probably you know probably Kyle Busch now. I mean, yeah. he just wins well, everything. Fans ask me all the time to punch him in the face. Yeah, fans are weird. They're like, hey man, just do me a favor, just crash Kyle Busch this weekend. <laughs> or if you see him, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's exactly it. I'll do that. Thank you for the advice. But yeah, I think Joey is very real, and and Kyle's a friend of mine. I ha- I think he's one of the best drivers the sport's ever seen i like kyle so uh i'm not trying to punch anybody but uh i don't want to punch anybody first and then uh but yeah i'd say kyle okay <laughs> Wait, so you you, ra- you wrap back around you said i'm friends with kyle he's one of the best ever and then but, you wrap but, back around yeah, with kyle yeah <laughs> okay nascar enlists three famous americans to be involved with your team for one race as part of a big publicity push they're doing they're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks, the track. One's going to be your motorhome driver. One's going to be your spotter. And one's going to be your crew chief. Who will you assign to which roles here at front, at front row motorsports? Tom Hanks would be the coach driver just because I think he would actually be a cool guy to hang out with. He seems like uh, an interesting guy. LeBron James would be a good spotter. Um, he's got a lot of energy. And Taylor Swift could be the, the crew chief. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to outrun Michael that race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I would put LeBron on the pit box because he's probably a good leader and uh, he's a good coach. And um, I think uh, Taylor, uh, she's been living in the motorhome on tours for the last 10, 15 years, so I'd let her drive the motorhome. And then uh, Tom, I would let him spot. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom? Any, anyone who wants to answer first good experience yeah, yeah you, you, you got to have it you have it scoped out before it actually starts yeah you if gotta, you're waiting until you get off the truck and you go where's the bathroom you're done yeah 
Yeah, I usually look on, on qualifying whenever we're qualifying, like walking out, a little less crowded, a little more time, and, and uh, I'm pretty religious about going to the bathroom right before qualifying, right before the race, wherever. So, um, yeah, you, you got to know. You got to know. Okay. Um, NASCAR decides they missed the Carl Edwards backflips and they want a replacement. How much would they have to pay either one of you to do a backflip off your car after your next win? Just whatever it'd take to get proper training. I've always wanted to be able to break dance and um, and do uh, some flips. Um, I don't really have the physique for it, but if they if they trained me, I'd do it. Yeah, if we could be trained, that would be awesome. I mean, I think that a signature deal like that is is really cool. And uh, I mean, if you get to win often during during a year, it would be neat to you know whatever you know guys do for for stuff like that but yeah i would like to be able to do if they provide a, a trampoline out by my car i think i could or go mat. for it Just yeah matt my biggest fear is that your toes hook the roof you know and then mm-hmm. and then it just looks real bad and it's gonna feel real bad too you know that's yeah. that's a lot of momentum i'll do a cartwheel <laughs> i'll just do a i cartwheel. think you probably could do it yeah. on a trampoline but i, I yeah. could probably do it i would hate to do it in front of everybody for the first time though and fail that wouldn't yeah be fun. that wouldn't be fun all right, as you know, each week on the 12 questions, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. Last week was Timmy Hill, and he wants to know whether you guys play any fantasy sports like fantasy football, and if so, what is your team name for either of these uh, things that you play? So I do play uh, one league of fantasy football uh, with all the shenanigans in the NFL. Uh, I tried to back out of it uh, this year, but I, uh, I, I, with a group of my friends, so I stayed on board. And I'm a pretty boring guy, so my team name is Team Reagan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even no make up a name. <laughs> yeah, Team Reagan. Do you play at all? Mine's, mine's worse than that. I don't, I don't play at all. Um, I did it when I was at LFR. They threw me in this – well, actually, they didn't throw me into it. One of the guys got fired, and I took over his fantasy football team. I've never watched it. And um, that was actually really fascinating for me because once I downloaded the app and I had it, I started to watch because I was like, oh, I got a guy that's yeah. whatever running tonight. So I was like – it made me realize how important that is for our sport that even though you might not be a David Reagan or a Michael McDowell fan, if you have us in your fantasy lineup for the day – you still want to see us run top 15 and when we're passing cars is exciting. So it's a cool element. Yeah, for sure. That, that's definitely a big hook these days. Um, the next interview I'm doing is with Ryan Blaney. Do you guys have a joint question that I could ask Ryan? Hmm. Joint question. I would, uh, I mean, you, I, you won't ask a question that the fans would enjoy, but uh, his dad and uncle are big sprint car guys. Would uh, uh, What's the reason that would he go back and, and run some sprint cars or dirt cars or stuff like that? You you good with that question? I know the answer, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't no. know the answer for the that. The answer is his family won't let him. Otherwise, he would have done it. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Well, there you go. Yeah. I need to come up with another question. Yeah, no, that's that good. Let's good. let's hear if he can. Let's, say, yeah. let's see if it's right, though. You know, right. I could be wrong. Then it really backfired. And because like. he had a uh, an asphalt background, I remember Ryan racing and you know late model cars and stuff like that on the asphalt circuit. So yeah, well, what's the uh, the difference in his dad and his uncle and and their backgrounds versus his? Well, thank you guys for doing this and playing along with the joint uh, double twelve questions. I appreciate it. Yeah, I thought it, it worked out nice, yeah, and good. we had two microphones, so it worked out good. Nice. All right, everybody, so there you have it. I mean, honestly, I really think that some of the answers that they gave were some of the most interesting of the year uh, in the, in their categories. 
um, you know, all season and, and you were getting him, some of them in the same interview there. So for some of you who listen to 12 questions every week and at this point in the season can get kind of repetitive on some of the questions, it's your, your ears kind of perk up and you're like, Oh, that's a really good answer. Dang. That's interesting. So, um, appreciate Michael and David once again for doing that. Um, also Sherry Spiewak, their, uh, PR representative for front row had to coordinate both of their schedules to get them, um, in the holler at the same time, which is, you know, on, on a race weekend when there's practice going on and meetings and stuff like that, um, not necessarily the easiest thing. So I appreciate her willing to do that. And hopefully we can do more teammate stuff in the future. Cause I think it's a format that works well. Anyway, I'm back here at home in Portland after, um, the aforementioned nearly a week long stay in the hospital there. Um, Liliana, our daughter is, is doing great. Sarah uh, is doing much better day. She's up and around. So we're so thankful for that. About 24 hours ago, I did not think that we'd be home for quite a long time. Sarah was, uh, in a lot of pain and also having a lot of trouble with her blood pressure, but, um, everything's uh, normal now or back to normal. She's, um, hopefully on, on the mend for good. So very relieved there. Um, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what the schedule will be for the podcast coming up. I have 12 questions recorded all the way up through um, what would be Phoenix week. Um, and I also have a bunch of how I got here's left to roll out. Um, so I hopefully will do one of those on Thursday. I just am not sure how this whole parenting thing's going to go. It's my first week on the job. Um, but, you know, I was able to at least you you know do a twelve questions today in between um, the the baby being awake so that's that's hopeful uh, you know good sign even with a newborn and and we should have some family help coming in soon so um, hopefully we'll have a how I got here Thursday again not her, sure who that is and then um, on Sunday I will have a post race podcast after Kansas sorry I was not able to chime in on Talladega. Um, I had a little bit of the race on in the background in the hospital. And honestly, I I wasn't even really able to keep track of it that much. Um, it was, it was a lot going on at that time. So, um, I, I've caught up a little bit on some of the controversies and things like that, but, um, obviously wasn't really in a position to do the podcast at the, at the time then. So, but there will be one Sunday and uh, every week from here on out for the rest of the season. Uh, just before we go, um, you know, just really, really want to thank everyone for just all the the nice well wishes. I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, text messages, DMs, emails, uh, just regular tweets, um, uh, Instagram messages, things like that. It's It's been like overwhelming and, and actually kind of hard to keep up with. And I feel kind of bad that I haven't really been able to um, respond to all these people's really nice things and, um, just making us feel so loved and supported. So we really appreciate all of you guys, all the listeners, um, just for all, all that you do for us. And, um, just, we feel like, you know, part of the family and and you feel like ours. So, um, you know, thank you. Thank you again for that. And, uh, hopefully the podcast will be back for, uh, you know, any barring on any unforeseen circumstances that would sidetrack it now for for the rest of the season. So thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. And I will talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.